Juice Podcast. I'm Gwen Douglas. I'm Emily Harmon. Today we're doing Eastern Promises. Eastern Promises. We're doing some Eastern European wines. Yeah. I don't know why, but Eastern Promises does sound a little bit more like Middle Eastern Promises for some reason, doesn't I'm it? Not, I think just like... I don't know why. Yeah, because, I mean, just think of... Yeah, textiles and people dancing. But I mean, there is a slight overlap, I guess. Yeah. little feeling of the east i mean if you're over there something else is more east than you so (laughs) east is east (laughs) but essentially we're covering like the old eastern block right which is we wrote it down (laughs) to not forget yeah so um uh hungary czech republic poland bulgaria romania croatia Croatia. it's like we're rapping or something Uh, macedonia serbia slovenia and montenegro yes if we've missed you out we're sorry. And Germany as well, like half of Germany as well. So, I mean, quite interesting. And I think it, most of these countries, they have a, a longer tradition of making wine, making wine. Um, but really, it's only in the last few years we're starting to see them. And I think, you know, obviously because of the political climate in certain right. areas, um, wine production was either controlled um, uh, or um it stopped in some places okay. so i think we're still sort of seeing recovery from sort of soviet times in a lot of right. places um in a lot of places but um i don't know i think there's a lot of promise yes in, uh, in, in the, the east times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally i guess the countries that people know better would be hungary out of all of the um, right i guess germany a bit but not really the eastern part of germany right. for wine production most of the key regions are in the west other than saxony for zect obviously right Slovenia, not a more... Why do I always... Slovenia's coming up a lot yeah, because of, just... obviously, all of the skin contact wines. Right, so many um, nice ones from there. Yeah, and I think I think that, like, Slovenia and Croatia in the last few years have really um, some high-quality wines being a produced. A friend that just moved to Croatia, bought a winery, really? so hopefully in the next five years we see some Nice. Things. Yeah. We'll get some land for not so much, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Hungary, I mean, if you look at the sweetest wine, like sweet wines in right. the world, fine wines, Tokai, you know, like yeah, yeah. a long history of Tokai, which is um, regarded as being up there with Sauterne. Right. I mean, it can be yeah, incredibly totally. expensive Very and in- incredibly sweet as well. <clears throat> but I guess really the dry wines from Hungary as well, I've got one. Uh, <laughs> I'm quite quite excited about. I'm excited about my Bulgarian pick because until I'd had this wine, A, I didn't really know much about Bulgarian wine. So I was really happy to find a few of them at the wine shop. And everyone that I served this to in the past loved it. So it's very exciting when you find nice things from new places. Yes. Which I think is one of the reasons that this region is getting so much attention is this push towards everyone wants to find the next new thing and the next cool hidden gem, especially in natural wine. Everyone's looking for that thing that no one's heard of. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think we've seen that as well with, I mean, the sort of, the rejuvenation of the German wine industry and right. Austrian wine as well sure. kind of has completely Especially. exploded in the last five years. Yeah, like I think I'd never heard of Austrian wine living in North America. It wasn't like, I guess it's maybe not a hugely exported or wasn't at the time. But now I think like Austrian wines are smashing it in the natural wine world yeah. more than anything. Yeah. And then I started dating an Austrian, so then I knew lots about Grüne Vecchina, <laughs> a wine I'd never had before then. Whose are we going to have first? What did you bring? I think... I think we should do mine because I think it's not as rich as yours. What's the alcohol on yours? 13, I think. Is it? Yeah. 
Mine's 13.5. Oh, yeah, 13. Mm, but I know I mine is more textural. Yeah. Let's try this anyway. Um, we can go back and forth. Yeah. So I bought the 2013 Fur Mint from Pinze. I think Pinzer, I've probably completely said that wrong. That's the Hungarian word for like winery. Ah, oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's funny, every time you typed it, I kept misreading it as Prince. Yeah. <laughs> Becca to Pince. Yeah. Prince. Pince. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yeah, so this is from a region called uh, Shomloy, which is spelt not like that, like Somloy. Some, I think for some reason you said like an SH, Shomloy. And it's a, a mountainous region, volca- lots of volcanic okay. soil, actually. So the grape varieties ferment. Shomloy is the region. Becca Pints of the uh, winery, 2006, uh, 2013 vintage, sorry. Um, this is quite an, an interesting producer. They're not uh, super well known, but for those that are in the know, uh, obviously they're very well regarded. So it's a small winery um, that I believe was set up in the 70s by a man, a gentleman that I think it's either he's retired now. Uh, he slowly started with one vineyard and then added on um, little parcels and now okay. it's at three and a half hectares, oh, so wow. it's still tiny. Uh, the vermin's planted on basalt, which we don't see so often right. in Europe. I guess Canary Islands, there's lots of basalt, okay. uh, so it's all volcanic and traditional winemaking. So the winery now has been taken over by three younger guys. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of carrying on the tradition. So oh, awesome. um, uh, use of large Hungarian used oak, um, wild yeast, unfined, unfiltered. So they're like fully natural, just obviously yeah. sulfur at bottling, but quite classic. Um, yeah, traditional wines. And so ferment is a... Ferment's a grape variety and it's found throughout Hungary and it's the key grape or one of the key grape varieties that's found in the region of Tokai. So the two sort of important grapes in the production of of white and sweet wine from Tokai is uh, Furmint and Harsh Levelu. So most people, if they've tried a wine from Tokai, would have had Furmint before. Before. And we don't really see it um, in... Well, we definitely don't see Furmint in in Western Europe at all. So a little bit in Austria, Mm -hmm. on that southern part, yeah, like near to Bergenland, we've got the region of Schopron. Okay. And you see a bit of okay. ferment. Just sort of the... Blood, yeah, like yeah. there are producers like Franz Wenninger has okay. vineyards in Burgenland and also in Schopron. So does um, Moritz as well. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so they're vinifying a bit of ferment, but mostly hungry. I haven't seen it elsewhere. The colour is great here. It's really quite bright. Yeah. Green tinge on that yellow. It's like a chartreuse, like yellow chartreuse. Ooh. And it's so, I mean, it's 13, right? So it's got a bit of age on it. So that's also, it's starting to get some of these yeah. more savoury, secondary notes. It smells honeyed. Really nice. Yeah, totally yeah. honeyed. Honeyed and kind of earthy at the same time, but then there's still oh, there's this... There's something crisp and fruity that I really want to, like, munch into. And I think, as well, this, for me, this kind of, like, uh, stewed quince kind of mm. note mm-hmm. as well. I like, I actually find ferment to be a little bit like Chenin Blanc sometimes okay. I think because it can make really good still and sweet wines it's got this lovely high acidity always very high right. acidity but then uh, this sort of delicate white floral kind of note right. chamomile sometimes and like orchard fruit dried it's hay really nice smell yeah, yeah dried hay awesome. so everything's hand-picked um, and then sorted by hand this is a couple of uh, hours of skin contact before pressing 
and then it's fermented in a 1000 litre Hungarian oak and then moved to a slightly smaller oak for a year, 900 okay. litres. And then it spends two years in steel before bottling. It I know, right? So, keep, so good. keep going back to it. So when you first try it as well, that a crazy acidity coming mm. through. Definitely fills up your whole mouth. Yeah. And I think that's the volcanic soil because it's got this kind of viscosity to the wine. Like there's an opulence. It almost tastes like there's been some botrytis on the, on the grapes mm. or something. And then this lovely, fresh, pure acidity. So it's quite nice that it's kind of got that lovely balance between being unctuous yeah, it has a really and nice opulent, but then like racy mm. at the same time. It has a very nice feeling in your mouth. Like the... Yeah. Lots of glycerol. Is that what that is, the that coating of your... Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I mean. It just feels so soft and smooth inside mm. your mouth. And it's completely... Um, I double-checked as well. Like, it's completely dry. It's just got 0.4 grams of residual sugar per litre. So it's like, it's nothing. Mm. Interesting, like, yeah. food pairing as well with this. Yeah, that's why I was just sort of thinking. Because I actually think I could probably drink this without food, but probably best with food. Mm. Even just a little snack. What would you eat with it? It's a good question, actually. It's kind of a tough... It's a bit of a... I don't know why. I don't know if we... It's because I mentioned about Middle Eastern food before, but I was thinking a little bit like... Um, there's this recipe uh, from this cookbook I've got called Sirocco, which is um, harissa and lemon mm. roasted chicken. Yum. You know, harissa's not too... No. But it's salty, it's just, right? right. It's like salty spice. And then, like, with the lemon, I think that could be quite this nice. This could probably stand up to quite a bit of... Yeah, different different things. Cheese, wash rind yeah. cheese, why not? Hmm. And why not, like, play around? I mean, because of the acidities there, like, even stuff that's got a little bit of fat to it. My first idea, for some reason, was smelts. I don't no know what that is. Those little tiny fish that are deep fried. That's pretty cool. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. It's like, boop, just want to eat some small little fried yeah, fish. Yeah. Even, like, terrine, a nice terrine with some jams. And yeah, I totally like this for charcuterie yeah ham hock yeah even like ham hock and mashed potato mm. oh yeah i'm hungry this could be your bangers <laughs> and mash wine yeah, yes yeah mm. springtime bangers and mash maybe not a wintry one what's the difference i don't know i feel less like... onions do you have onions with your bangers yeah, and I mash do onions i usually and do like onion a gravy, gravy. yeah I do onion gravy and yeah but winter i maybe use like more of a red wine jus or something, okay. but yeah. Easter, 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 Easter. Munch. White white wine jus for yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah. And onions, they're delicious. You can tell I'm hungry because I'm like, mmm, bangers and mash, mmm, smelts. <laughs> it's interesting because that acidity that's there is really different, and I think there's almost like an iron quality to this wine. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I see what you mean also because the acidity, it's not one of those like high acidity, screaming acidity. Like I'm not like, oh no. Because it's quite opulent yes. with that texture. It kind of like, I don't yeah. think it's quite interesting. I see what you mean about the irony thing. There is something sort of... Bloody. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, but... It's that little like slight bitter aftertaste. Yeah. Almost like an apple pip or something mm. like the seed of a fruit. Yeah, I think, like, it's very versatile, let's say that. I think this could be a very... You could put this on a table where you're serving lots of things and it would go with everything. 
Yeah, and I mean, I'd be looking out for ferment. If you if you do like Chenin Blanc, looking at ferment and and maybe, you know, because I know that in big supermarket right. chains, even in like in the UK and Tesco, Waitrose, right. maybe not Tesco's, but definitely Waitrose, yeah. you'd be able to find a Hungarian ferment. Really? Maybe one that's a little bit more neutral than this and more fresh, more like yeah. a basic Chenin. Because this is but... giving me the sort of like vibes of, what was the Chenin that we had when we did the fried chicken episode, the South African Secateurs. Yeah, but that's a bit creamy and It's butter, creamier, yeah. but it's the same, like, yeah. there's a, something about it that's giving Text- me... I think it's the texture. texture. Yeah. yeah. But there's definitely something about that that's reminding me of this in terms of mouthfeel, yeah. I've been uh, cooking mushrooms with South, South African braai salt oh. for breakfast. What is and this honestly, salt? it's like how I imagine crack addicts to, be, to feel when they <laughs> eat it, because... I've had to stop. I've had to cut myself off from cooking. Really? Yeah, so I get filled mushrooms and I cut them really thick. Yeah. And then I heat some olive oil over the pan. Yeah. And then... Do you salt the mushrooms or you salt them after? So I put them in, make sure they're covered with oil, and then I put this brie salt, which is like a spice salt... Okay. ...on top of the what mushrooms. What kind of spices? There's like cumin, there's coriander. Okay. Um, well, it sounds good already. Some, I don't think I there's paprika mushrooms. in there, but there's, there's about five or six different ingredients okay. in this salt. Mm. Oh my god! Like honestly, these mushrooms. So you cook them before, I mean, so you don't like cook them too high because yeah. you want them to still stay firm. Yeah. But you don't want them to be raw. So right. Just get them so they're just cooked. I can eat pans of cooked mushrooms. Oh my god! Honestly, Gwen, I had the I had the same <laughs> breakfast for two weeks in a row, like just day after day after day, and then I was like, I'm going to ruin this for myself. Yeah. So I had to cut myself off because I was like, I love this so much, I don't want to not want to eat yeah. it. And I just had some today. Actually, it's the first time in a while. Like, Sounds delicious. Luckily, when I went back down to the like greengrocers right. to get some more filled mushrooms, they'd sold out. So I was like, "That's probably like they've cut too much too. of a good thing." So like, don't sell that woman from upstairs any more mushrooms. Yeah, she's got a real problem. <laughs> yeah. That's Do you not find that with certain foods? So that sometimes, oh, I mean, I did that with pork belly. I can't eat pork belly anymore because I just I like, had Ugh. it too much, like eating the crackling, and I loved the fat. That now I'm like, <laughs> so Whoa. sometimes it's imposed upon me by Lucas. So he oh, went the lamb. No, he went through. No, that's that's called betrayal. But the, <laughs> no, side that, note: yeah. Gwen's boyfriend kept feeding, feeding her sneaking uh, lamb, lamb and telling her it was beef, and I kept being like, "What's wrong with this beef?" Yeah, it really tastes like lamb. Yeah, lamb has a, a bit really gamey. subtle flavor. Yeah. So the other no, he was making this omu rice, this Japanese omelette on the rice dish, and he was obsessed because it's quite a interesting t- technique to make it. And you end it where you have to like stir it constantly while you're cooking it. And at the end, you like pour it out of the pan. It's fully cooked on the outside. And then you slice it and it opens and it's like egg custard inside. He cooked it all every day. It was like I couldn't get away from it. And then he started putting dried shrimp in. And I, I don't mind a bit of dried shrimp, but not every day. And you not cook it like in a wok. Like, is it in quite a lot of oil? It should, yeah. Well, it's, I don't know if it's in And you're, like, flipping it around a lot. No, flip, you're using your chopsticks and it's, like, pulling oh, away. Okay. It's, like, a, there's a very special technique. He watched this video a thousand I'm times. I'm surprised you don't know it. Better no, than. I should. I did watch him do it when I was, like, oh, that eggs, I just go into the room. <laughs> but he started putting, like, dried shrimp in it, too. And then, finally, I was, like, one Sunday morning, I was, like, I'm making sweet potato pancakes because I do not want to eat another omelette. And I like my eggs silky but not cooked i like them a bit more cooked he likes his really wet like custard which for me grosses me out at breakfast but then he started like the shrimp 
I was like, no more shrimp. I can't handle the omelet anymore. I definitely can't handle the shrimp. So then he made a stir fry for dinner. And I was like, is there shrimp in this? He was no, like, no, no, no. He said, but I cut it very small. How can you tell? <laughs> I was like, because it's dried shrimp. This stuff is really potent. It's so salty. Because I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I actually am interested in How enjoying my food. I cut it so <laughs> tiny. Yeah. Because I know what a dried shrimp tastes and like. And then on another day, he'd be like, why can't you taste the shrimp? Mm. It's dried shrimp. Can't wait. <laughs> I really it was like off omelets for ages after that because he killed it. Now I'm back on it. But we don't agree on the eggs. I don't like them too runny. We make And do you know eggs. what? My mum said it to me once and it's ruined it for me as well. What's that? that? I didn't have an issue with them before. But I was out in a restaurant with her. My mum can be a nightmare with food. Sorry, mum. I know you're probably watching. But she's definitely watching and not listening. But um, <laughs> I couldn't explain the podcast downloads to her. But um, we were in this restaurant for breakfast and the egg came out and I could just see immediately her face was just like, oh, no. <laughs> Why? What did they do? So then you're like, what's wrong? She's like, I can't eat that. And I'm like, why? And she's like, it's snotty. Uh, and now every time I'm like, yeah. oh, she's ruined it. Like, why did you have I'm to say that? I'm a real fast part about this it's too. It's so snotty. I can't, yeah, have, but it. I can't not, have it. But that's not well done. If they haven't, if the white isn't cooked, it should be just cooked through. If there's any of this like... On a fried egg. On a fried egg. On a fried egg. Yeah. That white should be still cooked. You shouldn't have that. Are you a sunny side up kind of... I like over easy because then you yeah. don't get a snotty egg. I do that. I love I an over. over. Yeah. yeah, over easy. If I'm at home, I do that. I don't mind sunny side if they've done it properly, where it's like, it should be slow and, you know, a little slower, but sometimes at restaurants they're just rushing, and it happens a lot with, same with like, I love soft boiled eggs, and sometimes you'll get it and it's like, it's just that smidge too soft. Like, if any of that white is not cooked, it's not nice. Have you ever had a family member put you off a of food by saying something like that? Mm. no I mean we're four kids we're a bunch of fuss pots like when I think about food and like things I didn't like growing up it's more like mum made us vegetarian for years during the mad cow scare so she would tell us she'd made us chicken but it was corn and she would like bury the package in the rubbish bin because she knew we'd be in there like digging I swear it's chicken and we were like this isn't chicken (laughs) just like weird stuff like that but otherwise I I bet back then as well just, I know when my mum got some <laughs> corn sausages once at home and my dad was just like, this is awful. And she's like, no, they're sausages. No, this tastes awful. I can't have it. Yeah. And like, it's funny because actually they don't even make that corn anymore because now it's not, it's... Um, really awful they put you. Yeah, they put way more stuff in it. At the time it was really still in its more mushroomy... Because corn is essentially just a fungus, right? It's like a, in the mushroom family. And it has that texture. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's in the mushroom family. I thought it was just like some kind of no, tofu a, mix. No, it's actually like a, it's part of it. Or the original one was this sort of shreddy, you'd get it in like a styrofoam thing with plastic on it. Now it's much more processed and not always vegan because they process it more now into like patties and shapes and whatever. Yeah. But at the time, yeah. That and what was the other thing that would, oh, liver. I still can't eat liver. Liver and bacon. Well, m- see, mum would make it for mum and dad with bacon and onions for us, just pan fried plain, plain white rice, and then she'd put the ketchup bottle in the middle of the table. And be like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you get the? Uh, why wouldn't you know. get the bacon? Because she was just like, you. It was lost on us anyway. It was just be like, you won't like it anyway. So, here's the ketchup. And then my tactic was clearly the wrong one, because my brother was like, okay, I'll just douse the liver in the ketchup, eat the whole piece of liver as quickly as possible, and then I can like enjoy my plain white rice. 
Meanwhile, I was like, maybe if I mash the liver into my rice with the ketchup, it will... No, I just made everything taste like liver. Liver with rice is also <laughs> weird. I mean, you have it with mashed potato, at least. This is horrible. Get it down easier. And then my poor parents realized how stubborn I was because mom was like, you're not going to bed until you're done this. And I was like, you don't know how patient I am. So I just sat quietly in the dark. 3 a.m. She's still sitting there. Yeah, fine, was. go to bed. They went to bed. They left me in the dark. They even like, turned the light out at, at around 10. Did you sit. not just go to bed? No, I just because they could see me from the living room. I just sat there. Just waited. It's like, what happened? How yeah, did it get They resolved? went to bed. I was still sitting there in the dark. And then eventually mum came down and was like, go to bed. And I was like, ching <laughs> Don't feed me that again because we'll do it again. I was like, I can sit here all night quietly waiting. I'm a very patient person. That's how much I did not want to eat that liver. I think I would have had a tantrum. <laughs> no, I was... My parents were never... Actually, there was no... Mum was... She didn't... Actually, it was only grandparents that fed us liver and bacon. Mum never cooked that herself. There was nothing... Growing up, that I really... She, mum said I was fussy, but I don't think she ever cooked anything out of the ordinary or... Like, I felt... I, I don't know, like, a lot of home-cooked lasagna yeah. and things like that. And But, uh, yeah, she was always very good at home-cooking. Just, you know, a nightmare sometimes in restaurants. We didn't go to restaurants. We were four children. Mum was like... Even as a teenager? Mm, like, I remember when we lived really. in Australia going to an all-you-can-eat mussels night right have i ever told you this story so we go to a restaurant all you can eat chili mussels so it's like a tomato chili sauce they're really delicious yeah. i don't even like mussels, I can't but the mussels, sauce yeah. is so strong that you kind of can yeah. get away from it so uh, they bring out the bowls it's not like a buffet but you just yeah, yeah your, they just keep bringing it they're they never keep bringing ending, it yeah. so like her second bowl comes my second bowl comes and we're like this is fucking great it's like 15 bucks something yeah. all you can eat chili mussels her bowl comes and she looks at it and it's the same. There's always the same expression and you're just like, oh no, what's wrong now? Oh no. <laughs> They're all closed. Oh no. And I'm like, she's like, this is ridiculous. How could they give me give me a plate of mussels that are completely closed? And I was like... I don't know, they don't really you, have much control like, over them. <laughs> you do know what this night is. Like, right. it's not... like this smashing isn't your, it out. But no, but like, this isn't the only bowl you're going to have. And then she's like, but this is ridiculous. I think I'm going to complain. I was like, order another bowl. Just order another bowl. It's yeah. all you can eat. Like, it doesn't matter about yeah. this bowl. But like, it was just like... She was like, not, not having it. No, I was just like, oh my God. I don't know if I'm your child right yeah. now. <laughs> this is bizarre. No, we never ate out. And I think she didn't order a second, like a third really? bowl. She was, like, she no. was just like, put it. She like, put me is, off. Yes, you, they're all closed. But it's really funny. Maybe because they're the bottom of one pan. Like, just go get another, get another bowl. One. Oh my god! Yeah, we never we didn't do restaurants because well, we're so sp- my, my cow disease paranoia. Yeah, that and we're spaced <laughs> out in age, where there's like a twelve year age difference between the youngest and the oldest. Yeah, right. So like, it's hard to make us all behave the same way at the same time. So we have like two small ones; they're about eighteen months apart or something. So it's like, yeah, because you're four, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Two brothers and a sister. Yeah, I mean, we it was a treat to go out. Usually it was to, like, an Indian or Chinese restaurant. Even then they were like, oh, we're just going to order in. <laughs> they just do takeaway. We did Indian takeaway usually most. Chinese or Indian takeaway So we would always Sundays. have to vote on it. I always voted really? Chinese, and my little sister always voted Indian. I loved both. And, I, and it's funny, because when I think about, say, like, egg fried rice from my childhood, the really English, like, bad takeaway on the corner that was literally just, Top like... Top suey as well. Oh. Or just, like... Plain white rice with like some scrambled egg on top, and then a and bit those of ham. tiny little red pieces of pork <laughs> that would be in there all the time. So strange. Yeah. And it's funny because then I got really when we moved to North America. I got really used to the sort of North American uh, takeaway Asian food. And it wasn't until I moved back 
to Europe, to the Netherlands, that I got that same weird rice with a piece of ham and some egg on it that I was like... Little pieces of ham and sometimes peas as well. Yeah, well, I love a, I love a pea. Yesterday oh, we ordered... I love a pea. We ordered Indian food last night and I was like, the only dish I want is the cheese and peas. Oh, yeah. So good. Something paneer, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Paneer is the cheese. Delicious. Yeah. Indian, I would say though, Indian is a better call in terms of takeaway in in the UK. In the UK, for sure. Although these days I'm quite disappointed. It's not like England loves Thai food, so now it's like Thai everywhere. Not enough Indian, not enough good Indian. There's more and more good Indian. There's more and more high end Indian. Here is a huge problem. I mean, it's a desert for Indian food. We found a couple of delivery places that are actually not that bad. They're quite far away, and they take about an hour to deliver, but they're worth it. Very expensive. I have not had one single piece of good Indian food in this city. Really? Other than once Nandish, who works with um, uh, with, uh, at Nickelburger, he made a biryani (laughs) at home and he bought it in to work for me. (laughs) So I said, I'm so sick of not having Indian food. And he was like, next time I saw him, he said, do you have time to sit down? And he set me cutlery and everything. And and he's like, I'll be back in five minutes. And he bought in a meal for me. So so such a good guy. I love Indian food. When it's good, it's like... It's one of the things, though, when you order it here and it's bad, it's just terrible. Also, like, if it's not made properly, there's too much spice in it, that it's, like, yeah. indigestible. Or here, the problem is there's no Talk spice. Dull, no thanks. And it's just coconut milk and... Because I think the German palate really likes sweet and loves creamy. So you end up with, like, everything's got, like, added coconut milk. Even into dishes that shouldn't have it, they're just like... Don't make it sweet and creamy. And in, in, in my experience, just from restaurants and clients right there seems to be a high sensitivity to spice here. yes it's Highly like sensitive. if there's a little bit too much pepper in a dish it's like i, I can't have it it's too spicy. spicy and you're like what i know bland living yeah they're like sweet creamy and then like a lack of spice that's yeah soft, soft vegetables so most most food from other places other than germany that i'm eating here tend to be on the sweeter creamy bland side it's quite disappointing but they exist. They're just you have to hunt them down. Berlin's changing, but totally, it's good. Some of the locals' palates haven't quite caught up yet. <laughs> Here we are, just chatting away. It's, it's delicious. Yeah, it takes is. you on a journey. <laughs> so, I have less to say about this. And because she's done her homework, she gets to use a proper bottle opener today. Hooray! I'm starting to feel a bit more, <laughs> a bit more human. So that's when we record these. Yeah, a few, a few glasses of wine yeah. tends to help, doesn't it? It's, really it's amazing how you can just like... Oh, oh, I wasn't tired, I'm fine. Everything's like rolling yeah. off my shoulders now, it's good. Okay, so the wine that we uh, have here that Gwen has bought is the MRV from Borovitsa 2017. Canyon Park 2017. Yeah. Canyon Park. So it's Roussan, Massan and Viognier. So it's the Rhone varietal, That's I guess. why the RMR... Right. The RMV. Or the MRV. MRV. Yeah. I just like to do that to confuse you. Yes. Um, f- fantastically, this label has pretty much all the homework I needed written right on it, no. which I found quite interesting. Uh, so it's 28 months in Bulgarian oak, sandy clay soil type. The region is Vidin, northwest Bulgaria. It's actually very beautiful where they are because yeah. if, when you look at it, it's got this... It has got like a mini Jurassic Park vibe about it in terms of it's, there's lots of green trees and, okay. and everything. And then these sort of, but less granite boulders, more like sort of red 
there's like sort of small hills that are quite it's quite scenic i i did oh, really? google it yeah it's quite oh, pretty um so i'd never had bulgarian wine until i had this winemaker's wines and again thanks to fraulein brussel and her lovely selection there. Yeah, I mean, she is like, she just digs up anything oh, obscure. I love, that's why I love She's going there. She's the only there. person I taste with every time, and I'm like, there's going to be something bizarre. And last time it was love like, it. here's a crossing of this, this, yeah. and this from this place, and I'm just like, where are you And I love this? her taste too, because I find that her and I have quite similar taste. When she recommends something, I'm usually all over it. So I really love going there, because it's small selection, but always bang on. They sell yours there too, I think. I actually did buy that through her as yeah. well. Yes. Yeah, really, she's got it. Some good, some good stuff. So I guess they, they have anything else to say about this other than we should try it? I think there was something about the winemakers. Um, one of them passed away in 2016, and now Adriana is like carrying on the tradition. I guess they were kind of the a, a big deal in Bulgaria in terms of winemaking. Hmm. I mean, I didn't know Bulgaria made wine until I had these, so... Yeah, there's quite a bit of stuff stuff happening in Bulgaria as well. I've got quite a few on yeah. the list at Mickelberger actually that I buy from Stephanie. Oh, that's cool. Um, but uh, I haven't yeah. had any of the reds yet because I've been when we do our ju- when course. we do our juice on the road documentary series through the eastern part of Europe. We'll go there. Yes. Oh, I, the smell See, already. I is... think we have tasted them in the right way. Yes, I think so yeah. too. Um, also, this has like a powder finish to it that's quite interesting on the nose yeah for me i i mean i get a lot of these there's oh, quite a lot of stone be... fruit there's almost um this sort of waxy banana skin note going yeah maybe that's the... this sort of like there's this weird like um... overripe banana you know like yeah. it's been in your little tupperware pot yep. for too long and it's a bit sweaty but i think maybe that's also where i'm getting this powder thing because that the milky part of the banana the white part sometimes gives off this sort of bit of yazoo banana banana yeah like even flowers like this give off that this and daffodils have also that same like dusty i know what you mean there is definitely a floral lift to it like a white almost like white flowers so i'm excited to have this again sort of coffee grain i'm getting a little bit of this kind of like sweet spice there's some toasty notes it's I like see burnt, the coffee. It's like, like co- it's like breakfast. It smells a little bit like you've just mm, burnt yeah. the toast and melted some butter on it, and you're about to have a cup of coffee. <coughs> I love it. I don't drink coffee, but it's how I imagine. I it's the recently, scent of coffee. Yeah, I've recently quit coffee. Good for you. It took me three weeks to wean myself off that addiction. That's good. I mean, I I'm all down for coffee drinkers. I just can't drink it myself. I love it. Tastes so much, but I had to give it up a little bit. It was oh, taking this over. It's good. But it smells really delicious. This is actually something, when I first, the first smell for me, it already smells like something I would wear as a perfume. Because it's sort of like, not super girly sweet, but it's a really nice... You've got to stop wearing your wine out. I know. Just splash it all. I kind of love that. Just like a picture of you just... I wish I could remember. There is a company (laughs) that makes a bunch of wine um, perfumes. I have some at home. Are they good? (coughs) Sorry. Convenient cough there. (coughs) I think Sorry. we all know the answer. Getting over this cold. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'll bring him in sometime. We'll have a okay. whiff of them because I have a few. Yeah, they definitely did some. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So it, what's nice about this is, you, like like I just said, stone fruit, white florals. Then obviously you are seeing the wood a little bit. Yeah. But it's not in it's an not intrusive. Huge. Yeah. yeah, it's not intrusive onto, onto the fruit. And the palette's very nice because it's got this oiliness and creaminess, but then lovely fresh acidity at the same time. Yeah, delicious. Mm. 
lovely that lovely fresh finish yeah, it's really i don't know why it's like visually i just think of a daffodil it's like the daffodil of wines it's got this sort of is that because of all the daffodils have come out two months early this year no i don't know have There's you seen something... them everywhere it's no. fucking mad i don't know why i'm thinking daffodil maybe because it has that powder smell that i associate with daffodils do you know what and it's just like maybe Easter brunch maybe i've been bad but I don't think I could recall the smell of a daffodil. Really? I don't feel like they have any smell. Oh, they do. Do they? Yeah, like, kind of like these guys do. No, they're very strong. Yeah, okay. these are different. No, okay, I'm going to have to buy you some daffodils. They have a really particular smell. I think they also smell quite strong. Okay. But not in a way that you... I'm going to be buying daffodils for the next three weeks. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to keep sniffing them every day so it's and locked into like a powdery smell. It's like a strange, it's a strange smell. But yeah, the last time when I had you say this, we powdery, had do you mean musky? That's what I think. On this, it's giving me an edge of musk. But no, pu- yeah, powder, like... But talcum powder. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Did I ever send you that... That documentary about weird addictions? And then there was somebody who was addicted to eating makeup. <laughs> and it, it gets weirder. <laughs> so when she tells her family oh, that she's no. addicted... But what bits? Like eyeshadow. Like, so she's eating eyeshadow. <laughs> like, I even want to know how that first came about. Because you wear eyeshadow on your eyes. So uh, you're kind of eating like, it. Eating I know, but it. you think, like, the first, like, I definitely ate a chapstick as a child. Yeah, because they taste sweet and yeah. fruity. And you're like, I think it's going to taste as delicious as it feels just on my lips. And then it was or... like, like, I just ate some cherry-flavored Vaseline. <laughs> and was like, ugh. Uh, not so. My teeth are oily now. <laughs> not as delicious. But eyeshadow, it's like, how would you just be like, you're just looking at it in the box and you think, oh, I want to put that in my mouth. Well, it's all, <laughs> there are a lot of unanswered questions. And I think this is a whole point of, it's very difficult to understand. Right. But there is a key piece of information that starts to make sense. So you see this person and she's gone to the doctor and um, the doctor's like, you know, you're going to die. Does she have a deficiency of something? Is well, that why she's like craving like, it? You know, makeup's got arsenic in it and all these oh, things. Yeah, and, she's, and I think it's, you know, it's not high quality makeup that she's consuming. No, it's just any old crap. So she's like eating it or whatever. And yeah. the doctor's like, you know, this is happening. This is happening. You've got to really oh stop eating the makeup. It's not edible. Yeah. And then <laughs> she sits down with her family. So before, it's really bizarre, the kitchen. But they're <laughs> all having like... It looks like a Mac shop. <laughs> like, I want like, a Big Mac and it's like just Mac products. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. For some reason that I was a bad Apple store when you said that and I was like, no, it definitely was not that sheep. No. And no, they're slicing pieces of like chocolate cake and then they're putting talcum powder on top of the cake. Like right? more than one person is doing this. Like there's, there's like a three relatives them. there. They're all sitting down and she's putting the talcum powder so on and eating bad it. for you. It's oh odd. God. So then, and she starts the conversation of like, you know how we eat powder, talcum powder, and, you know, it's trying to say you want a cookie? her addiction. That's the eyeshadow. Like, like, you want to have a cookie? And she's like, you know how we eat It's a powder cookie just to have a little sliver of this. Yeah. Bronzer. So she's like, no, you know how we're eating powder. Um, I've got something to tell you. Like, but I've got, I've got the people but, that you can open up to. They're already eating powder. Yeah, it's so not she that tells much them, like you know, I've been eating eyeshadow, <laughs> and I've got real addiction to it. And they all look at her horrified. And I'm Meanwhile, like, they're like sprinkling powder. Oh, no, 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 no
What? That's not right. Something's not right here at all. Like, obviously, what you're doing as a family eating talcum powder has now yeah, I mean, moved it's... into a new realm. <laughs> Apple doesn't fall far from no. the tree. That, you know how we young eat woman, powder. No, Where are they from? I mean, it's, it's, it was funny, but it was so disturbing at the same time. And I, I mean, it's funny because it's just ludicrous, but then at the same time, you just think, it's real this is actually them. heartbreaking. Yeah. This woman <clears throat> thinks it's normal to yeah. eat. Well, she Very knows bizarre. it's not right, but she can't stop not eating bizarre. eyeshadow. I really wonder then sometimes, like, with these compulsions, I mean, it's obviously, like, one part OCD. But then I wonder, the initial, like, are these people, do they have, like, a strange deficiency? That I don't know, my friend, like, my friend said that they would understand if it was only metallic yeah, eyeshadows. Yeah, right, right. Because it was, like, something about it making, you know, like, because they're so I'm shiny on the inside. Yeah, I think there is a bit of, like, Sparkle this thing of, there. if you're lacking confidence and... I don't know though. I think more like, is there something like mint? You have a mineral deficiency that you like want to eat rocks or eat talcum powder because talcum powder is made from rocks. I mean, it's already on the edge of being carcinogenic to powder all over your body. I can't imagine what it does to you on the inside. Like the FDA has been like letting that thing squeak through for years, but it's yeah, they've lots of studies are showing that it it causes cancer in, in women. Because we're sprinkling in all of our bits. I mean, in the UK, are we? Like, I'm not. I mean, as a kid, I was like I think obsessed you put it on with a child. powder. I'd be like, boop. I still have a big powder puff from Shiseido, but now I'm on. I do remember I'm off like the talc. Yeah, you're now. right. Talc does yeah, come, come on, on like, when you're a child, but I think more babies though. No, no. I think like there's a huge like history of selling put... talcum powder in the UK, like Floris. I mean, see if I think of people using talcum powder, I think of bath. chefs. It's because I'm a yes for chef's crotch or chef's ass. Chef's balls, because they get yeah, sweaty. they get sweaty. But I've also heard you can use corn flour instead. Yes, so that would be like, there's companies like Burt's Bees, for example, that make a powder, a talcum powder free. Because it's crazy that we powder babies with this thing that's been known to... Mm. I know, it gets more peachy. It's giving me... Back on the wine, we're not talking about the talcum powder, just for the people on Sorry. the audio. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I took a sip of this again, and it was really very stone... Like, the stone fruit's coming through more. It's really delicious. I'm finding notes of vintage peach eyeshadow and it's <laughs> <laughs> definitely got this like peach yeah. thing coming through like really ripe super ripe juicy peach but I love that it has this sort of this, again there's this kind of lovely like purity and almost saltiness to the wine totally yeah this is really the coffee grain thing is getting more pronounced on the I really that's a fascinating note because the minute you say it I totally understand what you mean by that like the grains just the grains when you mm. open the container of the grains and sniff it mm. because they do have that f- or just after you've made an espresso right. obviously I make coffee and things but there is like a fruitiness to those beans that you do experience in the yeah. smell that totally makes perfect mm. sense it's very Moorish this is definitely I would treat this I don't I wouldn't necessarily treat it or replace a classic Rhone blend you could uh, I think it's it's somewhere between sort of burgundy white. I was going to say it's between, yeah. And maybe even I might say as a morceau drinker. I mean, this is when I had this. I was like, wow, oh, it's giving it's like morceau, but the fruity version. Yeah, I was thinking actually maybe like Roussillon. Okay, like something you know, like Le Sou, like like Le Sou. It's not Le Soula, no. right? But it's got a. It's on that same. Track I mean, I love like that volcanic. Yeah, like, not volcanic, but like fresh soils. Or, or um, these richer varietals that are presented in a fresher right. way. Because this acidity because is very a, good in this wine. Totally. For, and for I think sometimes Viognier can sand, sometimes Marseille. be quite flabby sometimes. Yeah. And I oily. Mean, do you know the percentages of the... No, I do not. I'm assuming sorry. that the Viognier is at the end. But again, you know, 
this winery. But it's probably more Roussin Marsan. Yeah, but the, so they've called the wine M R V, but then, so it's, then it says Roussin Marsan Viognier. <laughs> like on their so Gamay, they choice. don't even spell Gamay correctly. So there, there is a typo issue on some of it, but they are obviously doing them in English. I love the labeling. So. The labeling is amazing because it's so it's like a prescription. It is a bit like a prescription, which is, I kind of like. It's like a there's something sort of scientificy about this labeling, which I find quite charming. Scientificy, but then it's like, really, but in a dated way. Yes, there's it's like almost a, like sci-fi films. Like if you go back, this is 1986, years, basically the label. It's giving me like it's early, a bit like watching June, isn't it? <laughs> it's like weird science. I don't know. It's a uh, yeah, but it's very pixelated. I love it. Yeah, very nice label and delicious wine. <laughs> it is. So, I mean, these are two wines that are, are from the eastern part of Europe. And I think there are so many more things to discover. So I'd just say, like, be open to trying wines from Bulgaria, totally. from Croatia, from Hungary. Try it all. Um, and if anybody wants any tips on wines from these places, just get in touch because we've got a plethora we actually, of I think, wines. I think both of us actually drink quite a bit of wine from this area i no, i do yeah and we've had like wines from the czech republic from our favorite peter korab before on the on yeah on on the podcast and i think um there will definitely be more in the future but yeah yeah, i think keep drink east drink east yeah totally i think like if you have some favorites also we'd love to hear about them because i always like knowing about some new things and uh we're gonna chat away with these after i think so yeah, <laughs> yeah. and in the meantime like we'd love it if you could um check us out if you're following us on video obviously we have the audio podcasts which are available on every podcast platform and equally if you're listening to us on audio and you do want to watch uh, us on video you can do that we're in gwen's uh, tattoo studio as well tycho gallery in berlin and um you will find us on youtube just pop in uh, Juice Wine Show and Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Instagram at juice.podcast. On Twitter at juice underscore podcast. I don't know why that's so confusing for me to still say it. Like it's, I wish they were the same. It would make life very easy for everybody. But there's someone using the, the handle and they don't even use it. It's really frustrating. Anyway, you can find us on the web at juice.show. Or you can pick up one of these snazzy tote bags pictured in the video for those who yes. are listening on audio. And if you are following us and you are tuning in, please subscribe. We'd really support... We'd really support... We'd really support the support, actually. <laughs> um, so it's going to come on the video shortly. There'll be a, a subscribe button just underneath me and a link through to another video underneath Gwen. And, yeah, stay in touch and we'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, I'm Gwen Douglas. I'm Emily Harmon. Cheers. And-